But there's a reason. There's a reason. There's a reason for this. There's a reason education sucks. And it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The real owners, the big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. The politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. This is Truth Power Podcast. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means we are imperfectly human. These are natural conversations that we are having. You may hear a little bit of profanity. Sorry. I'm going to try to pull back a notch. Eh, let's see. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm a construction worker, all that kind of stuff. So you're just going to have to excuse some of that. We are definitely imperfectly human. And censorship is something we believe in when it comes to self-censorship. We try to be respectful on these topics. And my man never knows what the hell we're going to talk about. Uh-uh. But today, I kind of want to make a little bit of an announcement. <gasps> Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to try this out. And, and you tell me how you like this. I want to know how does one speak truth to power? We do it in our art, through our music, in the poetry of our language, or by the comedy we find in the darkness of days. This art may offend, for we are imperfectly human and uncensored. Hopefully, the theme may enlighten the mind, offer new perspectives from other voices that join the conversation, looking to build enthusiasm for being connected. Mm. You like that shit? Dude, that was smooth. I might have to. I might have to put that at the intro every time because I, like I don't that. know if I want to say that shit. Every I don't time. know, but that was nice. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. I got some words today. Hey, bars, bars. All right. So <clears throat> we ain't gonna get. We're, we're still in the lynch mob song, but we're gonna leave this racism thing alone a little bit. Huh? We we've had enough of that. <laughs> we've had uh, it, yeah. yeah on many levels. I think some of my white friends are getting nervous out there. <laughs> They're like, are they waking up? <laughs> Just look over your shoulders. Man. All right. So I, I do want to kind of get into a little bit of, of the polarized politics of today and the tribalism that exists. And I really noticed it a lot in the last few elections. It's, it's gotten worse. Oh. Or I, I guess more intensified. Dude, it's like we're, we're bum-rushing the Capitol. Dude, I mean- It's so wild, man, that it's just- this way or that way. Now, That's I'm, it. I'm going to start off with, with a quote. Let's go. A quote. I like quotes. Now, I want to I wanna date this quote. You, you want to do the flip? Say the quote, then date it? No, no, because you got to know, know the oh, story okay. of all who right, this right, is, right. right? Okay, so this is back when, when JFK was elected. So this is like 50s, I think it was. Um, and, and this is a long time. Since then, I suppose, to be where we are today. Because they asked John Wayne, who clearly did not vote for JFK. Okay. He was not into that motherfucker. See, I'm already saying motherfucker. That was quick. <laughs> that was quick. We'll try to pull it back a notch. Mm-hmm. All right. So he, was, he did not vote for JFK, right? But they asked John Wayne following the election, and I guess they expected him to get a little bit of a rise. And you know what he said? I didn't vote for him, but he's my president. Mm. And I hope he does a good job. Mm. The Duke. Legend. Legend. Oh, wait a minute. I'm curious, G. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah. I'm Ace Cannon. Ace Cannon. We like to jump right into things. <laughs> There's no foreplay. Mm-mm. 
Nobody's tickling the balls here. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> would you like to comment on John? Um, <clears throat> it's wild. I, so one of my favorite TV shows is the West Wing. And okay. I like the West Wing and not necessarily because of everything, it, you know, it, it is or a storyline or I don't agree with everything it is, but one thing that they really preach in that show and it kind of bled into my ideals is the thought of the office of the president. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like, I'm going to, you respect the president, you know, like they would always say like, yeah, when he does this, blah, 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 that guy. And they're like, that guy's the president. And even like the other side, sometimes, you know, like the older cats would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Settle down young, young buck. That's the president though. Yeah. You know, um, it's almost like you can't like have any, or you can't have feelings for any positive feelings for the other side now without, without it being that what he said is like, that would even be shocking today. That would be shocking today. Like you'd be like, what? But there was, there was a message in that. Message. It's like, we're all Americans. That is true. Yes. You know, and this guy was coming out of the age that, I mean, World War II was pretty recent. Like what, 10 years earlier? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 40, this. 41 was just a Pearl Harbor. So like 42 was D-Day, I think. Yeah. So that's December 7th, right? Yeah. 1941. 41. Was it 41? A day that would live in infamy. Uh, See, I should know these things. Truman. It was a little bit before my time, but. Yeah, well, mine too, obviously. It was still, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a big deal. I know? only remember that shit because I did a project in like elementary school or something. And that might be the last legitimate war. I don't know. It's arguable. Arguable. Mm-hmm. Arguable. For sure. Well, Afghanistan. They did kind of attack us. We had hmm. to get the get right on I that. Mean, but hmm, yeah, maybe, this maybe. ain't that show. But I know. <laughs> this, is, this is the polarization. And, and so we're a, a more perfect union here in the United States. United States. You play you know? soon, baby. What, what is it that unites us, brother? I mean, it was supposed to be the almost like the freedom of, of oppression. Like in the beginning, like all of us, we came from a place where like oppressors were, this is a place where they were free. You can do whatever you want if you just work hard. And then they put everybody in slavery. Yeah. So then here, but we, but we got a job for you first. And uh, I don't know how long this is going to take. We just got some paperwork to file. We're running from the oppressors. Yeah. Get that motherfucker get that, on the train. Get that guy though, but not that guy. <laughs> not the, but not that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. But the Right to liberty. <laughs> Right. Pursuit of happiness. It was uh, George Carlin, I think, that said this. He says, you know, this this country was started by slave owners who wanted to be free. <laughs> that's a great quote. I've actually never heard that. That's, George Carlin, man. That's fantastic. Well, he was fantastic. That's your goat. Okay, so let's talk a little football. Which, American? Ooh, football, football. Real football? Um, the, the, the Seahawks. Mm, let's go. Let's talk. Because I'm getting excited. It's almost Me training too, camp. Man. It's almost Me training too. camp. It's almost training camp. I do. So one of my favorite lines in um, in that uh, football movie with uh, Al Pacino, Any Given Sunday, he talked about how 11 people are looking downfield seeing things the same way. There's a unity there. Mm-hmm. Now, back when the Seahawks were who they were, they were unstoppable, man. The best. I mean, the best. So, and I think I told this story in the podcast uh, when when the year before, when the 49ers and the and the Ravens played the Super Bowl, the year before we won, I said I'm not going to shave until the Seahawks win next year. I was convinced, 
and I didn't shave. I grew a beard all year long. Dude, I was so happy when they were talking. That's wild. I don't think you've I, ever told me that. I oh, think, I thought I, I thought I mentioned nah, it on the I podcast. I don't okay. think so. Well, I don't think so. That's maybe d- I didn't. That's dope. Yeah, dude. So from literally from one ne- Super Bowl to the next. I've never seen you with more than maybe maybe the, yeah the like light a, light like light yeah. beard. You well, know? I had like, I had the big beard. But brother. yeah, like super light. I had the big beard. So so this is it. When when they went when they went and played in uh, Washington Redskins, uh-huh. um, I knew, I knew. I'd, I'd known for a while, actually, um, that, that Russell was good. I got his jersey in October of his first season after, you, after yeah, they went. No, they went to an overtime match in Chicago, a tough place to play. And at the time, their defense was top notch. And he brought us back to tie the game and then won the game in overtime and then went to Miami the next week. And he was just balling. So I was convinced. I was on the Russell train. I was down with Dangerous. Let's go. Right? But then they won in um, the first road game that they had on, in the playoffs and forever. They won decidedly, right, um, against RG3. And then they went to Atlanta, played the Falcons. And they got ahead in points and with 32 seconds left on the clock. I don't know how, but that defense slipped. But they knew, <laughs> they knew what I knew. <laughs> the angle slipped twice. Yeah. I was convinced. I was convinced, dude. I was convinced. Yeah. I said, you know, when the next time that the, the Super Bowl happens, we're in it and we're winning it. You know? And I grew my beard big as fuck and I I shaved it off the day that they hoisted <laughs> that trophy. I was I celebrated by shaving off my beard. Yeah, no doubt. And I went to work like um the next Monday or whatever it was, and people didn't recognize me because I had started working there while I had the beard. Yeah. And there was dudes that never knew me. Pre-beard. Yeah. Pre-beard. I <laughs> yeah. Like that. And they're like, who's the new girl? Oh, that's Sean. That's oh, shit. Like, oh, that's what you look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they were shocked. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but we were all happy, dude. We were walking around the streets and people were cheering Seahawks and shit. Yeah. But, but that team, that team, uh, L-O-B, what is L-O-B? Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom. There was another name that the defense used L-O-B for called Love Our, Our Brothers. Brother. Yep. Right, these were people that on the team that were unselfish, saw things the same way, you know, and they won this the Super Bowl. Now, there's probably fans out there, but there's probably a lot of people that aren't Seahawk fans that are listening to this right now. Why am I talking about this when I'm talking about tribalism? Because that's the tribe, mm, dude. 100%. That's a tribe, right? They're they're all together. They're bound by a common cause. Now they win that that Super Bowl the next year, right? The three minute miracle. In the NFC Championship, three minutes left on the clock, dude. Down three touchdowns. Toss it up, baby. And they come back. It was insane. Three-minute miracle. It was insane. Come back, tie it it up, win in overtime, go to a Super Bowl, get all the way down to the half-yard line. On the second down, they're on the half-yard line. They've got timeouts. (sighs) They've got 30-some seconds on the clock. And then... They don't hand the ball well, off say they run the to ball. the beast. To the beast. Everybody saw the field the same way. They all saw the field the same way. The defense, right? The defense got energy from the beast mode, right? But what happened? They threw the ball. When well, yeah. they should not have thrown the ball. When they should not have. Somebody was trying to make Russell famous. Yes. They were trying that's to. My, that's my yeah. shit. They were making a Montana. They so, were a Montana boy. A little selfish, maybe, perhaps. I don't know. There's a lot of judgment that can be made about that play. But here's the thing. That team 
was broken at that uh, moment. They were done. That they were. They could have maybe three peated. They could have three peated. It, it would. It's like the parallel universe as a Seahawks fan and a sports fan. Mm. You know, it's like, dude, I wish I could see. They they go in, they're down. They run it in. They win the game. Blah blah blah. Left the trophy. Russell's all happy. He decides to do the Tom Brady thing and take less money. Decides to keep the weapons around him. They stay together for one more year. The bamboo. Bro, oh, it's beautiful, man. So they, oh. they were the youngest team to win yeah. the Super Bowl when they did. Yeah. And a lot of these guys were in their rookie contracts, which means they could have kept bringing in really good players. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if you're not a sports fan, um, this is where I'm going with this motherfucker. Um, that team was seeing everything the same way. But they became polarized. They became polarized. The defense, the offense was split. Yeah. Split. Yeah. And they never saw success after that. Not really. Not really. Okay. They were they were decent. They were decent. They, made they the, were I mean, broken. They, they made the playoffs. They did they the thing. Broken. But they can they were never quite it. Again. Yeah. So are we broken as a country? Yes. And yeah. you have to yeah. this polarization, brother. Absolutely. We we are in a place of weakness. Where everyone is susceptible. No, it's not a, just the people here that are living. I mean, in the world. No, no, everybody. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no one. There's no one that's not affected by something somehow, some way. There's not some, you know, someone. Or there's not a person who, you know, can can get out of here unscathed. Mm. It's just impossible. Even if you have all the resources in the world, you still got to be on this planet at least. So it's it, it it's it is really wild right now. And I think the the conversation has to be about what unites us rather than all the stuff that tears us apart. Mm-hmm. You know, when we did our second episode, rollback. We 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 talked about divisive politics, the two choices. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Um and this polarization that's happening where we see each other as enemies. You know, instead of the U.S., us, you know, a, a United States. Um, it really would not surprise me if if what we have today becomes completely broken, irreconcilable. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard the thought for a long time. Like, you know, we haven't had anything happen in this country in a while. Every country besides ours has like revolutions, <laughs> it seems like. Or at least some something happens that the that the government's involved, but ours is kind of just like, hey, yeah, okay, we hear you. Never mind though. I think Thomas Jefferson said, if you didn't have a revolution every twenty years, that what we have could be lost. We're overdue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh my goodness, dude. But you know, with this polarization, one of the things that interests me, and I've been looking at at Republican and Democrat a lot this past week um, and thinking about the the thing we talked about with lynch mob, right? How Willie Lynch talked about dividing people, right? Divide them by age when it came to the slave population, mm-hmm. divide them by slave uh, age, by, by sex, men, men and women, divide them by young and old um, skin tone, all these different things, you know, and, and, and give privileges to one group and make it harsher on the other group. Let this group control that group and build resentment, build fear. Um, but one was the one of the interesting things was was Willie Lynch said 
um, that the only person that you could see hope from is the master. That was the source of all your hope. Because he had it all, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. He was in complete control. Yeah. And, and when you feel powerless, you just hope for the best, expect the worst. <laughs> and then, I mean, it goes in with that, that one lady said who was in the, the factory. You know, they're just lifeless or what is it, emotionless or affliction, affliction. state of affliction. affliction. Yeah. Yeah. They're just that. It's just, and that's a, in a sense, that's like where we are right now. Yeah. You know, you're kind of just, <clears throat> I was watching a video and it was like, it was making fun of something and it was talking about like VR glasses, mm. except it had like real life. It had no lenses. And he was like, it's called RD you know, or RLD, real life, you know, digital enhanced, like, I don't know. He just did this whole thing. And uh, it made me laugh because he's like, bro, this is so much better than the real world. Everything is great. And what he was saying is the whole thing about it is like, bro, there's some dope shit that happens in front of you though. Mm. And some cool people around you. And one of them was like, bro, let's have, you know, let's, let's do, let's have an argument like in the game and then like actually solve something and not actually be mad at each other. And, he goes, whoa, this is crazy. You know, like, it was, it was a cool video, if that makes any sense. But, I gotta uh, see that. Yeah. Can you share that to me? Bro, I, I'm the, so if I, I've never been able to find videos again. Have you ever noticed that every time you don't save a video, it like never can be found again? No, because I have a history. I click on history Bro, and I go back through the you, history. You know what, man? I don't like I'm your logic. I'm in the matrix. I'm I don't in like the matrix, logic right people. Now. I'm in the matrix. Okay, well, I don't, I've never... <laughs> To be, I go on video, not like YouTube. Okay. Not like video. Okay. I was like, yeah, bro. I got what you're saying. But I'm talking about like scl scrolling through like videos on like Instagram. You don't keep each one unless you save it. Bro, shut up, man. Leave me alone. All right. Leave me alone, man. He wasn't prepared for my wit today. No, nah, he coming with that hotness, bro. We, I thought the AC was on. What happened? It's hot. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump back into yeah. uh, some, some lyrics real quick from this song because you know, to be honest with you, Lynch Mob is one of the songs that I felt like I would like to try again in the studio. Because remember me telling the story last week how like we wrote the music on a Friday. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to practice on Saturday because I yeah. was flying. I'm recording on a Sunday. And and it really, the recording stuff, I did my job in Atlanta, but Atlanta was a little fucked up. Yeah, no, I was like, um, you didn't even tell the rest of that. Yeah, and I was on vacation for the next few days seeing my family. So I didn't continue to practice this either. Mm -hmm. But the, the rest of the story, and I did tell it on the podcast once when I was talking to Rob. Oh. Um, uh, the guy that that recorded me, he had a lot of latency issues in my headphones. I was hearing an echo, like my voice a few seconds late and just a lot of stuff. And and Rob, when he got when he got the uh, track outs from the studio, he said, eh, <laughs> the guy that we know that's unknown is, is doing better work than the people with the accolades. And uh, I said, you know what? Accolades build graves because sometimes them careers get buried when you think you are somebody and you ain't. But... <laughs> um, we, we decided to get an emergency studio session the day after I got back from Chicago. And like I said, I'm still not really practicing this motherfucker. Like I'm trying to practice on the plane, right? <laughs> you can't dig in. No. Um, but I got an emergency session and I went in there and I recorded it. And I, I think it came out well. I was in the pocket, but I, I wish I had more time with it. This is one of those songs that I felt was so important. You know, like this one was my heart, man. Um, I wrote the lyrics in about 20 minutes. Um, I'm still passionately, uh, feeling these lyrics today. 
I'd love to get back in the studio and redo this one. But but these lyrics, I think, need a second listen, which is why I've been reading them on, on the podcast here. Um, what does dark look like without bright? When does our war on us end? Me crushing you, you blasting back, and then it's all the score on Will's board. Getting more. Losing trust among the poor. Shit, y'all, I'm fucking sore. Everyone I know is poor. Swole stick is all we get. Tunnel view, it guides us in. Then the enemy cuts us with the very us that sees U.S. as versus them. And that's the way it is, man. Mm-hmm. We, we see the U.S. as... It's the man. As versus them. The man's holding me down. Well, this is the polarization. Yeah. You know, and one of the reasons why I think we're so polarized is because there's a there's something that happens in our media called sensationalism, where we go after the feelings surrounding issues. Yeah. But we don't necessarily give you a lot of facts and information, and we don't tell you the plan. No. You know. You know how, so <clears throat> it's it's so bad about like clickbait bro. It's like clickbait news because mm-hmm. it's like you want to do it and they tell you another story and then you end up watching or reading it. I'm like, anytime I see a quote starting in a, in a title of a news article of any sort, I'm just like, bro, that's a fucking lie. <laughs> you took that shit out of context. I guarantee fucking to it. Ooh, the language. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I, I'm hungry. I don't mm. well, I kind of am, but you know, nah, man. That, yeah. Ugh. Oh, he's mad today. Censorship, bro. He's mad today. And you know, this is this is the form of censorship. It is. Because if you can get people to focus on how they feel about things, there can often not be clarity. It's not the facts, bro. Yeah. Because when when people are afraid, when they're um, angry, Mm -hmm. when they see people as an enemy, right? Think about what John Wayne said when when they asked him that how did you feel about the election of JFK. And he says, you know what? He is my president and I hope he does a good job because he recognized that this is the leader of our country and we are united and we need to be united, right? But today it's like we get caught up in the emotions of stuff so much and we see the other party as the enemy. All right. You, you, you told me about to hold something up this weekend because you were like, Ooh. don't tell about this. I wanted to tell you about something about tribalism. Okay. This is a fuck. I saw it firsthand and it was crazy. Mm. And it was like, whoa. All right. So I went to um, watch some races this weekend, like motor car races. There's a figure eight race. So they're going to figure eight. Classic America, man. There was a prayer before, which was awesome. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You know, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Jesus is always at the race. 100%, bro. That's why no one died that night. And now she never goes, but yeah. Jesus is there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that whole, the whole thing was there. You know, there's alcohol being served there. Um, kids, everything. They're kind of wandering around. It's like kind of like a fair feeling, like the state fair. And uh, so <laughs> there's a race that happens. So there's two types of race, though. There's that figure eight race, and there's actually like a race where you go basically around the track in one direction, but, uh, but you kind of you kind of just don't go in a full circle. You kind of go around a corner. Anyways, this guy like basically purposely hit another guy that was going to win the race. Mm. And he ended up getting a penalty, but the guy who got hit lost. And bro, the crowd went fucking bananas. Mm. All right. And like, what was, okay. It was, it was wild when it happened because everyone's yelling. But what was even crazier was the presentation of the trophy was like, the people were 15, 20 feet away. No, no, no. 10 to 15 feet away. Like hella close to them. 
Mm. Right. And like people were starting to yell. And, and I thought about something. I go, bro, if I wanted to go down there and say, fuck that, bro. <laughs> and I like, I go, you could have went down there and fucking got these guys to wild out. They were one person away yeah. from doing it. And they had so like girlfriends there, you know? Like pull it, like hold or girlfriends, wives, whatever, you know, fiancés, whatever you want to say. They were holding them back, kind of like, yo, stop, 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 stop. But I was like, bro, if you were down there, I go, that's how easy this shit is, bro, to get people angry. I go, mm-hmm. it was it was just a fucking race. And it's just a race. It's just a race. It's like nothing. I mean, I know it's like you're passionate, you invested your money, so you want to do it, and you maybe want to do all this as your career. Who knows? But it's like, bro, it's just a sport. Do we have an under the surface kind of anger just brewing in this country? Oh, it's a brewing, baby. Yeah. It's we, a brewing. We just need something to push us. 100%. I mean, it's 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 the bear thing. Like, bro, if you just keep pushing long enough, something breaks. It's what happens, man. Like every every movement ends up having ends up having something happen because it's just like anger happens for the other side. There's always another side and then the news channels will, you know, push both sides super and it just gets intense. You know, I, I thought about what you were talking about last week, and I want to I want to say I was wrong-ish. I was wrong-ish last week. So I, I used I used the wrong word. I shouldn't have said created. How racism was created. Yeah, I meant to put it in these terms: cultivated. Right. That's cultivated. It, There's some leadership worldwide that has taken some of the ideas that I talked about, like the great chain of being things during the uh, enlightenment period, right? And all this stuff, stuff the scientists were saying, Mm -hmm. right? And they they cultivated this viewpoint. And that's kind of what I meant by created. 100%. You talked about it as classism, but I want to kind of say it differently because these motherfuckers weren't like, abracadabra, we're going to build some racism. (laughs) Nah, nah. You know. You know, no, for sure. I, that makes more sense. I, I, yeah. The, the word sense, that makes more sense. Yes, cultivate. Like the, there's times in throughout history that, you know, specifically happen. I mean, America's three-fifths, you know, if a human just automatically giving a classification, like, oh, yeah, you're an American, but you're only three-fifths of an American. Now, what, you know, there's like certain... And then whatever you said, though, everything you said was great examples, by the way. Mm. So they were... I mean, there's, there's times probably even before that that I just don't know enough research on it, but there's has to have been, you know, even in the... Hundreds, you know, something happening in plebeian system in Rome, you know, rich and poor. Now, I think that the, the, the polarization that we have today is a little bit cultivated, too. You know, and you talked about in history where people had this fear of people they didn't know. And if you saw somebody of another color, there was a fear just attached to it because you didn't know them. You know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I was kind of getting at is I didn't think that there was just like this natural hatred because people were seeing people of other colors in, in certain parts of the world. Like when you were around the Mediterranean, you saw people of different colors. You know what I mean? Like it was happening. Um, and I don't know if there was a, 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 a hatred and a racism that existed. There was probably a fear you know, like what you'd said, but I don't know if there was hatred just we, seeing somebody that was we don't know. a different color. We don't know. It could have been the ultimate most racist time of all time, but whoever was writing the history says that there wasn't. I didn't get a lot of that from the language. I don't know. I mean, you're it, <clears throat> probably not though. I mean, because if you, if you had gold, you know, money talks, you bring something and be like, yo, I got gold. Oh, that guy's fucking weird looking, but mm-hmm. you got gold. You got spices. You got that <laughs> shit. I'll take it. Oh, you got salt. You got some of them. You got salt. <laughs> oh fuck! Let that guy in. Yeah, he got salt. 
You know, oh yeah, salt, salt was, was gold, deal. bro. Yeah, yeah, that was gold. Because they kept shit around. Hundred percent. Yeah, preserved food. But uh, <clears throat> you know, pro- I mean, I don't know. There, I mean, I it's you definitely probably less. You, who knows? I mean, I don't know. But but throughout history, and this is something I thought about. Um, throughout history, one people could more easily defeat a, a division of a people. Like if a people was divided, and I'll go back to the Seahawks, right? They were easier to beat the year after they lost the Super Bowl because they were divided, right? Perhaps this is one reason that we gravitate towards tribes, power, protection, domination, perhaps better than the other tribe, you know? Um, I, I think our tribe here in the United States, divided is, is a weaker tribe. If we don't get back to talking about some things that unite us, Right? Are we going to be able to keep this United States? What what unites us anymore? Nothing. Well, I mean, <laughs> the fact that we're in this like, location, but mm. but I mean, it's it's so wild. Yeah, it's um, it's very. Thing is, is you don't ever know about the media, man. That's another thing too. That's so crazy, is because you never know actually how bad things are, how good things are, or how actually anything really is. You don't quite know. Like, if you didn't know better, if you just lived your normal life, you would know that, you know, the water supply in Detroit and the water supply in, you know, Michigan has not gotten better. Yeah. Actually. Lead in the water. Still. What am Lowers I saying? IQ. 100%. Raises aggression exactly. towards other people. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, and you just think about, there was this huge infrastructure bill. Bro, they, they keep building new infrastructure, but they ain't taking care of the shit we have now. Uh-huh. It's horrible. So it's just like there's... It's Taxation without, without representation. representation, bro. It's a broken country because it's not anymore. Yeah, well, where's the leadership? And and this is where, where I'm going with the with this polarization, right? I think that, I think that we are polarized a lot of times because uh, the media and the leadership that we have today wants people divided. And this is the thing. If you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you will look at it instead of what, what people actually believe in those groups, if you look at it from a psychological perspective, this is what psychologists have said, that most Republicans have a value of fairness. Yeah, yeah. You get what you earn, right? Oh, well, he doesn't have health care. He should have planned for that. Sorry. Sorry. You know, you had your chance. This is America. Work harder. You know what I mean? That's fair. Now, that isn't necessarily wrong. That isn't necessarily wrong. Mm-mm. That is a perspective, an emotional perspective, right? Now, Democrats have a little bit of the psychological attribute of empathy. They feel for this person. They feel for that person. And if you are an empathetic person or a person that that views the world through fairness, you are predisposed to liking these two ideas. Right? This is something that psychologists have said. You're predisposed to become Democrat or Republican, right? So it's a little bit easier to kind of find your tribe because that tribe kind of reflects what you believe now you don't have to know all the particulars and read the tax plans and and know what their plan is for this and for that. Which, if we get into specifics, a lot of us actually get confused. We're, so we're 
We're all hypocrites, bruh. Yeah. So, you know, like back when Baby Bush was running for presidency and he was doing his, his debates, one of the topics that came up was uh, third world country debt. And he gave an example down in South America. He said, we could be very forgiving of, of third world country debt. And he, he named whatever country it was. He said, this country could never pay us back. They're never going to be able to pay their debt to us but we could be very forgiving of their debt in exchange for valuable rainforest lands. Sounds nice. <laughs> That's fucking ruthless. Sounds nice. Economic, Sounds fair. That's the economic We're going to get something. Bullshit. We're going to get something from somebody that somebody will never be able to pay back. Let me give you something fictitious for something real. Oh, no. When he became president, we got that land. I know. And then they burned down the rainforest to make way for the fast food industry for their cattle. Let's go. Yeah. Fucked up, baby. So this is this is environmental stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is environmental stuff. And, you know, a lot of the people that are Republicans, who I've had a lot of friends that are Republicans, they're big environmentalists, a lot of them, because they're hunters, mm -hmm. they're fishermen, they live in the woods, they're farmers a lot of times. These are people that understand environmental stuff, more so perhaps than some of the Democrats that I've known. For sure. Right? You talk to a hunter, somebody that hunts, they know some environmental stuff. Now, if they got into the particulars of that situation, they probably might not see that as fair. Nah, you know, um, you ever heard of uh, Steve Ranella? No, nah, no. Nah. He's a guy who has a show called Meat Eater. He's also an author. He's been on Rogan and shit. And he's one of those dudes. He, he's made your point exactly. He goes, you, bro, you want to know anything going on with environmental law? Ask a true outdoorsman. He can tell you everything. Everything. Congress, legislation, because it's his land. Yeah. He wants to know where he can hunt. Like, he goes, there's a lot of public land, bro, but it's up for sale for the right price. So it's scary because you, you won't have a place to come and do your shit anymore. And it was the Republican Party that actually that started a lot of the environmental stuff we have in this country. Mm -hmm. I think it was Nixon that set aside, like, Clean Water oh, Act and stuff like that. I don't, yeah, I didn't know that. I don't know anything about that. That's, that's Yeah, wild. They, they were the ones that, that really kind of began the environmental stuff. And that was back then when they were looking at, at climate change early on and the effects that we had. But, you know, it's funny that the ones that started all that, they're the ones that got tied in more with the big businesses. <laughs> money must be good. You know? <laughs> they do, I. Yeah. They do, I. Money must be good. They eat okay. And, you know, it's like we're not given accurate information, but we gravitate towards the ideas of fair and we gravitate towards the ideas of empathy. You know, and the problem with the two-party system is it's very easily manipulated and it's very easily divided. 100%. Like this polarization. Well, there's only two answers. Yes. That's it. You don't get it. There isn't. Well, what about? No, no, no. That's not one of the answers. It's A or B. Mm. But I like C. You get A or B. Shut up. <laughs> These are your choices. These are your choices. These are your choices. This is all you get. And that person speaking all that logic... They're fucking crazy and they love children. What? No, I don't. You want Burger King or McDonald's? Yeah, that's all you get. Pepsi, Coca-Cola. Mud butter to green apple splatters. Mm. <laughs> Jeez. But we, we need- Jeez, bro. I know. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, I didn't say motherfucker. Well, there you go. You didn't know. But we have to move away from the two-party politics. It worsens tribalism. Both parties are working to remain relevant. They're interested- as a party of surviving, 
right? They want to remain relevant in, in the world of politics. And they do so by attacking and undermining the other party. People will protect their tribe due mm-hmm. to the psychological basis of protectionism, survival, mm-hmm. which is part of what you were talking about last week. You were talking about the fear and things mm-hmm. like that. So we, we connect to our tribe, right? But why do we not focus on what we have in common, right? There's so many things that we could actually talk about that don't divide us. And I know abortion is important to a lot of people. Right? <laughs> well, it's just, it's just- It's a divisive Wages. Topic. Can be like you're talking about wages. That's huge, bro. Like one thing I used to laugh about or even say to people when they'd have arguments, I go, you want to know what we have in common? Or this is more in college. I used to say this. I go, we're all poor. Mm -hmm. We're in debt. I go, that's what we have in common. I go, you want to know who's not? I go, the people making the rules. Yeah. I go, they're the ones that aren't. I go, who's actually winning? The majority of Americans are living in poverty. Yep. Which makes the whole nation vulnerable. Very. If the majority of Americans are living in poverty, not very well educated, divided, yeah, we are a weak nation God, man, right it's, now. It's just so wild. Like I, another thing, like man, if you invested your money in education the right way and really taught kids, like bro, you could really have a fifty million geniuses. Mm. They're all capable. You just have to have to put the right people in the right environment. It's so fucking wild. Like when I heard there's more geniuses in China, you know, per IQ than Americans, you're like, bro, yeah, because they make them become mm-hmm. geniuses. You can, you can make someone a mathematical genius by teaching them everything. Like they may not, maybe harder for some, easier for some, but bro. But they had their book burning time. hundred percent. Oh, it's not great. No, not, not yeah. only preaching like, oh, we should be more like China. No, 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 no. Like but I'm that. saying like, they're, they're pretty under control. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, the business, anything you make in business, so does the state. So that's wild. But some of the things that we could actually talk about, like what you talked about with the poverty, right? That's, that's an issue that could be discussed. Uh, minimum wage labor, right? Like here in Washington, they have a, what, a $15 minimum wage. I think I... I don't, I don't know if it is, is it statewide? I know it is in King County. In the Co- city of Seattle. I know it's King County. Yeah. Like in King County it is. And and the I living wage is is $20.10 an hour. So even at $15 an hour not, minimum wage, you're still in poverty. Yeah. Um, the more, majority of people uh, lack the time to be involved in politics because of the, the low money sure. that they earn. Mm-hmm. We're a we, the people form of government, and the people cannot be involved. Both- Poverty and community involvement can be solved by making a living wage. So can health concerns and mental health issues. But these are the things that that would actually yeah, bring well, some common ground. Well, what's actually important for the well-being of a society is not what's focused on. Mm-hmm. You know, mental health, bro, it's been around forever. Like, you know, it's been around forever, but it's just barely being talked about. Like more recent, like I don't, when I was growing up, there was never mental health. You can talk about that shit. My it was own taboo mental. back then. Yeah, bro. ADD, ADHD. Like, bro, now you're just a wild kid. I don't know if you remember the conversation we were talking about disease and death. Remember it was on the topic of death, how people saw that um, disease was like this thing that you could have within you, like, uh, like a demon. Mm-hmm. You know, this goes back way back in history where people actually believe that, that somebody, um, could fight illness. They're going to fight it, right? It's in our language, <laughs> Yeah. right? This is something that's within us that we have to fight. Just fighting off a cold. Yeah, yeah. And and we don't always have 
control over certain things. If you think you got control, eat a box of X-Lax. You don't. Hold it. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> the body does what it does, you know? Um, and the body does what it, it does. It does what it does. <laughs> you know, it, it, here's the thing. If, if we are working and earning a living wage across the United States, because we've been educated well enough to have a minimum wage, right, that is going to let us not enter into poverty coming out of high school, Sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, right. These, these are some of the things that, that could actually strengthen our country. But we are so weakened as a tribe. Um, do you remember our, our, our episode on brands? Uh, yes, but I, where, where are we going, baby? Okay, brands offer like this. <laughs> a sense of certainty. Yes. When it comes to the political landscape, we want to feel confident that there's either a, a direction or a clear enemy, right? So yes. if you're a Republican, the clear enemy is the Democrats, right? Um, that a clear enemy is in the way of a better plan of action. Um, so we, we attach ourselves to these brands. I'm a Republican. I'm a Christian. I'm this. I'm that. You know, uh, should, our, should our brand be the more perfect union of the United States? Should our brand be Americans? What is an American? What do we believe in? Do we believe in giving our people a living wage nothing, or an education that earns that? We're not, we're not in agreement. So when you have ideas that are polar opposites, bro, there's no fucking progress. We're not talking about things that, that are bringing common ground. We're talking about things that divide us like Willie Lynch. Say what you said again. What was your question? Okay. One more time. Just say your question again. Cause should our brand be a more perfect union? Should that be the thing we align with is trying to unify a people here in the United States, being the Seahawks that won the Super Bowl, seeing down the field the same way, not the divided Seahawks that were easy would, to beat. Okay. Now I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you'd want that to be your common core because then you got to think that if you're, if you're, if you're really wanting your country and you believe in your ideals and what you're trying to actually fulfill, you'd want that to actually last an extremely long time. You want those ideals to be spread. And the only way you can do that is by showing success. It's just like anything else in life. You mimic people that are doing things the right way. Mm. You don't mimic people that are doing things consistently wrong. You know, I'm not modeling my life after, you know, a yeah, anyways, besides the point. But yeah, man, you would think that it would be that's what I was getting at about education, everything. Like you would think that you would want everything to be the best of the best of the best, mm -hmm. because then you're producing the best of the best of the best. Like it's no coincidence, like why we're producing what we have. Like it's not by like chance. Shit it's, in, shit out. Yeah. What do you expect, bro? It's like, yeah, man, what do you, what do you want to happen? It's like, oh well, yeah, well murder's up again. Well, yeah, bro. You're not giving anyone shit. They're getting poorer and poorer and they're hungry. Like, what the <laughs> fuck do you think is going to happen? Oh, your boy's getting wild, getting wild man. When, when people identify with a group yep. or a brand, I'm a Republican, I'm a re Democrat, whatever, the tribe becomes motivated to pursue the tribe's interests, mm -hmm. the tribe's goals, but not necessarily the goals of the whole. Nah, it's the, the goal of the few. Select the minority. Because you have, I mean, every, every major political stance is a minority to that own group. You know, I mean, you still are a minority in comparison to everybody. And you might have a stronger, you might be 48 and 48, but you know, there's still 
That's not everybody. You know, one thing that would be a simple solution. Ooh, I like this. Simple. Where are you going? To stop this polarization, getting away from the two-party politics. And we have other we have other people that are running for president, but they're not invited to the national debates on television. Mm-mm. Not invited. Can't come in. You're not allowed. And when they do well, what do they do? They end up creating a super delegate mm-hmm. to get your dude out. Bro, I Our went voting to, system. Bro, I went to, okay, so this is the only other time where I've, uh, I mean, I've said this publicly, so I wrote in Bernie Sanders twice, mm. right? And I remember being like, bro, I don't care, man. Like, all you guys doing it like this just ain't working. Just put someone else that's at least talking a little different. Whatever, let's just see what happens. That's how, that was my thing. And I liked his Brooklyn Jewish shit. He was cool. See, um, but, see but a lot of getting, people but, don't like the fact that I say that, that I liked him. Oh. And the reason why I like him is because he talked about free education. Yeah. And that is that is probably, ab- your- above all, is probably my core value. Oh, it is. Labor, yes. But before we even get to work, we get educated. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, because I haven't said it on this episode yet. Mm. Education holds the answer to every problem we face in the world today. Mm. With a better education, every problem, social, political, spiritual, every problem could be better addressed. Why? Because education gives you liberty. Liberty implies choice. If you can make a choice because you've been educated, you can say, oh, I don't want to be a Republican or a Democrat. (laughs) <laughs> you can. I want to be this over here. You know? I want to be a unicorn. <laughs> Let's not get crazy now. Okay. You know, what? what is it with the unicorn things? Is that just... I don't know. I just said unicorn. I don't know why I said unicorn. A lot of people honest. love them, motherfucker. I, I don't know why unicorn. I said unicorn. Ooh. Interesting. Dude, I had Maybe a... some Freudian... I had a friend of mine, a friend of mine that, that I knew in Montreal reach out to me. This dude put out his eighth album. I think he, he's he's Haitian dude, right? And um, he's cool as fuck. I love the dude. Like he's really cool. Um, I met him during the jazz festival, and he introduced me to a woman that he's friends with that had the song of the year or something in Canada, right? She performed on one of the main stages, and I met her after her show, and we became friends. She was the one that actually suggested I do a podcast back in 2019, dude. Oh well, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the things that got me thinking along the lines of this was this woman. Oh, I can't remember her name, but this dude reached out to me this week. And one of the first questions he asked me was, it was, uh, are you still married? <laughs> I said, actually I'm not. And he says, too bad you don't like men. <laughs> hey. He had hit on me way back when even me, he might have a unicorn t-shirt. He's I don't still know, got it. but, but He's he, still got you know, he, I, I realized this was my fourth gay friend in my life and all four of them tried to fuck me. <laughs> Just, I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't make gay friends. I mean, you, know, you can say doing right. It depends how you look at you it. Got a, if you got a unicorn <laughs> t-shirt, I don't know if we could be friends. I mean, mm. I would try. <laughs> I, I, Hey, do you boo boo? Do you? Uh, but that's each another tribe. Their own, their own tribe. That's another tribe, and I don't, I don't hate that tribe. In fact, I have no feelings whatsoever. You just said you did hate them. You to heard. <laughs> is that no, what I, I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly cool. Run it back. <sighs> I heard, I heard it. No, I'm just messing. He doesn't. You know, it's kind of like watching gay porn. Well, okay. I Let's understand. Keep it going. I understand what I'm saying, but I just don't like it. Makes. You know what? Yeah. I've uh. <laughs> 
Interesting. I've had a few moments in my life where I was like, no, man, get away from me. What are you doing, bro? Well, we all we all understand what's going on. We just yeah. don't have a preference, like, right? Like, if that's your thing, have at hey, it. Have at it, bro. Have at it, bro. One, I'm not, Today's not the day, but one day I'm going to tell you about the time I went to a gay club on mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> By surprise. That's a, oh, yes. Oh, it's a good story. Right. If it ain't for this topic yeah. here, um, let's get back to the interconnected <laughs> mind. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. So this is the psychological view of tribes. And this is what a psychologist says. Study is not just sociology, but psychology. Um, the critical mass point of a tribe would be about 150 people to have a deeper interconnectedness on an emotional level. 150 people. If you get more than 150 people, that original thing begins to become superficial as far as your interactions, right? Some of the things that that meet this criteria, you know, would be like church, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a part of a small church, you might have the interconnectedness, uh, of the human experience and mind to share that emotional connection with depth, right? Um, being technologically isolated today in these tribes that we've created on social media, you've got more than 150 people in some of these tribes. And and the appearance of social liberty, right? We have this idea of freedom because I'm speaking out on this topic. Um, and there's a lot of people that's with me on my tribe, and it's instant connection worldwide or across the nation. But these tribes don't ever give that really interconnectedness of the human spirit at depth. So it actually creates, according to psychologists, the effects of social anguish and anxiety, depression, mental illness, and social sicknesses that stem out of this form of isolation. Most of human history, most people that people came across They were not trying to kill them. You weren't like fighting every person you saw. Through most of human history, until very recently, almost every human connection was a face-to-face interaction. And most of those interactions, people were helping humanity in its act of survival. Trading this, trading that, buying this, buying that. There was some war. There was some attacks. There was some raping and pillaging. But that wasn't like every interaction that you had. Most interactions, people were exchanging face-to-face connections in aiding the survival of humanity. And today, today, we don't have face-to-face interactions through this age of social media. That isolation that they talked about, the depression, the social anxiety, this is sicknesses that's starting to pop up in the human experience. I just said a lot of shit. I feel like you got something. Always. Bring it. I always got Bring something. Bring it. No, I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, a... <laughs> Am I, I mean, depressing you, dude? Don't be there, depressed. I'll tell was, some dick jokes I if mean, I must. I bro, this is... I don't even want to fucking go on anymore. This place sucks. <laughs> There's nothing else to There's do. There's some razor blades My over there. It's over with. Right next to the rope. Whatever, bro. It's done. Appreciate the conversation. Have you brought the topic up? No. um, Truth to depression. Yeah, truth to depression. (laughs) This is your boy, Ace. I'm sad. (laughs) Can I not cry anymore? Um, So, you know, it is definitely definitely a sickness, too, in what you're saying. It's because, 
you don't I feel like with one thing one thing that's you know we because we have we have everything we have in our phone we don't really try a lot of things new and it is and it is what's happened with a lot of things like going into your groups and whatnot like I was thinking about that like your your life and your experience is like a trillion percent tailored to you Mm. like it's yours it's Mm. yours alone like even have you ever I don't know well you're not much well I guess you are but you've never tried to like watch my YouTube you know and like I've I've watched yours like I've just seen what's on it and I'm like this is much different than what I have like you you probably know exactly what we're going to be talking about on the next podcast well I only watched it I only used it one time but you know I saw what a lot of times that's where I'm doing some of my research fair enough I don't I don't looking up shit I don't I don't do that no I don't do it it was just that one time I used yeah, it was just one time, but I was just like, "Holy shit!" is much different than my experience, mm. you know. And I and everyone's like that, so it's just a, uh, it's just wild because it is. It's the technology is there's no social anymore. Mm. It's solo media. It's hard to follow what my search history is because I'll sometimes be working on a character for something I'm writing, and I've got to put myself in the mindset of this character. So I'll research shit I'm not interested in. Mm. Well, but my character is. This was a, I think this was, you were definitely not on a writing spree because everything you talked about was like in some Alan Watts shit. Mm. Some, the, the Truman Show came up and the, the true essence of behind it and then this thing. And, <laughs> but it's still, I mean, I would watch. But my mine right now is like soccer, steak. I realized this, dude. My, my algorithm is soccer, steak, food, um, a dessert, a guy cutting hair and girls. Oh, I was gonna say you gotta have a self high. But, but no, man. but I'm saying like that's the rotation of my shit, and then like a dumbass video and a, mm. cy- a cipher rap. That's I see all that's I see all day long, and I like it. <laughs> so, so there's been periods in history where the polarization, the division of classes, the things that that Willie Lynch was trying to cultivate, which is this division, where those things disappeared entirely. Uh, in in England, Britain was very concerned about the state of mind of of people that live there following the Blitzkriegs. Do you know what a Blitzkrieg was? It's when it says boom, 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 boom. Yeah, just the Germans said, "Let's attack. go, baby, nonstop." Yeah, I think Blitzkrieg meant something like lightning's hitting lightning that strike. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah like, like lightning strikes. It's yeah, like yeah, it just didn't stop. It was so, yeah, it just it, didn't it stop, turned, and it was bright, like it was. It looked daytime. Like basically patches. It's like when you're watching that movie, The Roots, and they're just beating the slave, oh, and you kept you trying to turn away, and they just keep beating that motherfucker. Right. You, you you look away, and then five minutes later, you turn back to see what's going on, and it's quack quack quack. Still, you're, just, you're just like still damn, going. Damn. So I felt with Rico and Starship Troopers, man. And and that was Blitzkrieg, right? <laughs> but but in Britain, the classism was dissolved for a period in which people sought connection following all of that, identifying as all of Britain. Now, here in America, we had this moment. Mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah. It was 9-12, yes. 2001. Yes. Yeah. September 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Flags raised. Oh. I'm proud to be an American. You were okay walking like, around as a brown guy. Mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what you all feel like? Yeah. This is what you feel like? This you place some, is fucking awesome. You had some American <laughs> privilege right about that. I was then. like, let me get some McDonald's, a, a Coke, mm-hmm. <laughs> and those Lay's potato chips. I'm going to wear my backpack up in Walmart, Ooh, yeah. and I won't even get followed. And then I'm going to get followed. <laughs> oh, shit, man, that guy wants to hold my hand. Come on, y'all. But you, you know, for for most of human history, we've had these human face to face relationships, and like I said, the the interactions were supported in the survival of humanity. 
Today, we're these faceless masses that have not been connected through our survival, but it seems like we are dead set on our destruction. And <laughs> it does, it, right? Really. It really does. But when I was looking at what the psychologists said and the sociologists, they, they gave some laws for humanity, some things that we just have to have in order to have a good experience. And you know what's funny? As I was going through these laws of humanity, I, I realized why church does so well. You've got that tribe, usually less than 150 people. You get that possibility of deep connection. You know everything about everybody. Right? Um, here's, here's some of the stuff that they gave as the laws of humanity. I'm very, I'm very interested in this. You have to have some kind of individual identity, that this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I'm a Democrat, I'm going to believe in... Um, what do they believe in? <laughs> they believe in uh, equality for all. Okay, so this is my individual identity. I am a dude that's all about that equality. You know, the Black Lives Matter, the 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 you know the stuff, right? The second thing you got to have for the laws of humanity is love. You know, mm. some little love. Aww. You know, like you have some love in your heart. Uh, friendship. You got to have some friendship. <sighs> So church, so far we're hitting all those things. I was like, man, take me you know, to church. You, you can be that. Uh, you can be that individual and have mm-hmm. some identity in your church. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the motherfucker that makes them cornbread. <laughs> bro, that's that's at the bro, buffet. You know, he plays the piano. He does. The, oh. That's piano, Jeff. Oh man, right? Jeff, you be killing those keys, dog. So the fourth thing is social net networking. The fifth thing is a mild hierarchy. We got to kind of know where you are in in your ranking of stuff. You know, kind of gives us. Further of that identity. That's the pastor's wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's a little bit of a brand, mm. you know, so that reinforces Being who we quiet. are, which gives us a little bit more certainty about things. You need cooperation. You need those people in that tribe to work together. And then the other thing is an awareness of surroundings with a view of personal accountability. So not only do you know who you are, but what you're supposed to be doing, um, I don't think we got too much of this stuff here in America That's anymore. church, bro. What we you just read is church. Uh, yeah, it, is, it, it does. That's and church. This, All those things are qual- like qualifiers. They and this is one of those things that makes church work. Dude, I'm going to Sunday. How can you we get come? some of this stuff here in the United States? Hmm? I've got a great idea. Oh, you know what, man? Uh, I would really like to hear it. You know what? This stuff could also be accomplished, all of this stuff, in school. No way. Oh, yeah. Individual edu- identity? Education. Wouldn't education be what? able to do that? You know, and if you have a better understanding of where other people are coming from, there might be some love and some friendship Wait, and some social networking empathy. that grows out of that. You yes. have empathy? Yes. What? But we'd have to teach things besides just math and No, English. no, 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 man. But you know, I got art, fi- I got music. I have to finish these times tables. <laughs> Shit's important. Oh, you got to know how to spell? Oh, wait a minute, you need to know how to make a potato into a battery. That's important. Yeah, because you <laughs> never know when I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere with perfect, perfect equipment and tools to make a battery. You know, and the other thing that if we're all making a living wage, it's a little bit easier to be a part of a community in the place that we live, which a lot of people don't have time to look beyond what they have to do. So a lot of that stuff is taken from us. Yeah. Unless you have, like you said, church, you can go to that structure over there, you know, I mean, it's even being part of, you know, clubs. Like I've, I've, you know, 
church is the best example, but just being, it definitely is. But I know that like sports was one mm. growing up for me, like teams, mm. anytime you're in competition together. That's like why I, I like, I really like sports, a big component. I think it brings people together close, like quicker than anything, like winning together mm-hmm. and losing together. It's a crazy feeling. Like I, we don't, and it's here too. And that's why you stay together and why tribalism works, you know, because it is you and you're here and I'm like, probably here next season too. But be careful what you belong to. Let's say I was born in Florida. Let's say something crazy like that. Okay. Okay. I can and there's this Christian organization called the Ku Klux Klan that hmm. invites me to church. Ooh, that's a really nice Let's thing. Let's say I grow up around these people in that religion. Mm-hmm. And it gives me some friends. <laughs> they, they, some individual identity. Are they diverse? Oh, I, I, I love the motherfuckers as part of that church. Okay. Right, the social networking that I get—they're my friends. There's a mild hierarchy at the Ku Klux Klan. Absolutely, there's some cooperation. Let's get, let's get, let's build some crosses. We in this together, Jeff. Yeah, Piano Jeff, go down to the store and get us some gasoline. That's that's wood cutting. That's wood cutting Jerry over there. Oh, oh, you need some awareness of your surroundings. That's that's Sandy Sandy with a view of personal accountability. (laughs) Right, so all these things kind of fit into church and the clan. (laughs) But here's the thing. Okay, you've got to be careful what tribe you become part of, even if it's a religious tribe. Okay, even though these things are met by religious tribes or tribes, period, um, this is the thing that I think that is good to remember. Identity is an illusion. The brands that we wear are an illusion, one that's dissolved often through meditation, through spending some time alone. If we bind ourselves to identity with any group without a practice of (laughs) self-doubt or even doubting the group, And the idea that we shouldn't believe everything that we think, maybe, right? This is one of the things meditation does for us. This is one of the things that self-reflection does for us. But you don't get a lot of that if you're working for $7 and $25 an hour, you know? Work the phone, no money. 15K a year, let's go. Mm, Everything goes back. What is that? 15-1-4-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0
You know, this is the third album in the Prophet 2022. Mm. And this album was where I sacrificed the silence, where I speak out on some shit that's on my mind. Um, and this definitely is the album where I had the most to say. So if you're digging these topics, if you're digging these conversations, um, we thank you for the support of listening. Please share. There's some more things coming down the pike. Yes, there is. I bet you got some closing thoughts. Man, I always do. Drink water, of course. Oh, no, but not in um, Ohio. Where oh, we don't do it in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> don't do it in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, don't do you that. You won't get lead in your water. Yeah, you want yeah. that unleaded water. But just like kind of remember that you know, you really don't understand other people until you go through some shit. So have some empathy, bro. That's yeah. it, man. And as long as we're getting caught up on race. And, and things that keep dividing us, we're never going to realize that we're all Americans. Mm-hmm. And I have a vested interest in the people around me being as healthy as possible. Getting old, we want our doctors to be smart. This is a dangerous world that we are living in today, if you guys haven't noticed. And the next time we get something in our lap like a pandemic, it would be nice if we could get accurate information from our leadership. Everybody knows what to do with a fire. We didn't know what to do back then. Mm. Tribalism. Polarization. Mm. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. So I got a question for you, man. Let's let's start off a little bit different this time. Um, Okay. Sometimes I would imagine it's hard to work with me, you know, and this song I think was one of those times like I, I decided to fly out and go to Atlanta and I'm asking you to make this song (laughs) (laughs) literally last minute. You remember this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, I remember dude. And it wasn't like last minute, like. I need it tomorrow. It was like, can we do this now? Can we do this that. now? Yeah. Like, and what was even crazier is, um, I don't know if you remember this either, but I had some place to be. So we started the process while I was at my house, but I'm driving around town while we're building oh. the music for this. No, I, I remember you're on the fucking Bluetooth speakers in the car. I remember it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in traffic, and I'm trying to rap to the beat over the phone uh, oh, of, yeah. what, of what you're working out. And I know I look oh, crazy, yeah, dude. dude. has a flight to catch in 37 seconds. <laughs> so so what's it like working with me? Just out of curiosity, am I demanding? What, what's the deal, man? Oh, yeah. I would say I would say definitely a bit demanding, but not in a bossy or kind of like insane way you know what i mean we're not darth vader over here um but no it's it's a you have you hold us 
you hold yourself to a certain standard and then you hold the rest of the people around you that you work with to the same standard, like me, Randy, you know what I mean? Anthony. Um, uh, and you're a fucking, you're a workaholic with this shit, but it's crazy because I don't know if you've noticed, uh, Dude, does anyone work harder than me as a producer or a mixing engineer, bro? I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but bro, I can keep up. Can I not, Sean? I can. You, you know, I, I I don't know anybody that works harder than the team that we have. To be honest with you, uh, um, sure. I've I've worked with other musicians. I've been in bands. Um, I've I've seen a lot of people over the years, and I'm not going to say that there hasn't been some people that's been extremely talented because there's I've right. played with people that whose talent has is well beyond my own. Um, for sure. But you as a producer are on it. Like when I ask for something like this, hey, let's make this song right now. I'm about to fly out to Atlanta. Right. And, and, you, ch and you churn out Lynch Mob. Um, or, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use Randy as an example. When, uh, w when we upload a beat, he can hear if something ain't right. And it's rare that you make a mistake, but he's called out things that just aren't quite right. And there was one time, which record was it? The only time I can remember was uh, when I bounced the project. For some reason, Ableton kept the, the bass, got knocked down a semitone or something I was doing when I was mixing it down or whatever. And he was like, this one's slightly out of key. Literally four seconds, dude. Yeah. Fixed it in two yeah. He, 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 he picks up on things. And, yeah, and that was he, the only freaking time. He's that dude. He's that dude to dig into everything. And so is Anthony, you know. Um, but, yeah. you know, I. I realized when we, we started to, to work with this song on the podcast, yeah. how difficult that must have been for you, which is why I wanted to bring a little attention to you uh, on the last week's podcast. Definitely wasn't uh, difficult. It was definitely an eye-opening episode um, just because like, I'm married to an African-American woman, but everything you said or whatever, like, I think I texted you right after it. I was like, dude, this is a good episode, man. But fucking some things need to be said, you know what I mean? And we, the only way um, we as Americans can heal is not to ignore it. We need to acknowledge it, you know what I mean? And we need to move forward and move forward with love. And uh, the things you said weren't, I mean, did, how do you feel about the last week's podcast? Do you feel like you just fucking jumped out of the fucking controversy closet or what? <laughs> Well, you know, I think I'm the type of dude um, that if I if I talk enough, people are either going to love me or hate me. And in that very first episode that we did on this podcast, where we talked about the ugly right. truth, and I asked, "Are people okay with the ugly truth when it comes to things?" Yeah. You know, and and what Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. Um, yeah. But but here's the thing: when when we explore different topics and we have the right to be wrong, and and sometimes I've I've admitted that I was wrong about things on this podcast so far, or I've changed my mind on things. I think that's right. human. I think that's human. Um, and I think that if I give a, a message that I'm okay with myself as I am and being wrong and 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 having these conversations, I think that there's an underlying message that other people get that we're okay as humans being, you know? Um, oh, for sure. For sure. And and that's that's the only, re like, I think Anthony even mentioned on the last episode, you have to have these conversations, dude. And like uh, last week's episode, he said he was driving in the car with one of his friends. And uh, as he's grown, uh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. He was, he said, he, he didn't tell what they were saying, but he was like, he's like, you know what, man, you're right. And he's like, whoa, that easy? He's like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm wrong. And that's just like, like you always say, imperfect beings, um, 
that's just who we are as humans. We're only human at the end of the day, man. And having these conversations is important, even though they are fucking uncomfortable. You know what I mean? They, they definitely are. Well, um, I, I say that, you know, the, the thing you always hear, and I talked about this in the very first episode, I believe, is, mm-hmm. is we're not supposed to talk about things like money. We're not supposed to talk about things like politics. And these are the things you hear. But, you know, who, who is talking about those things is the people with money. The people that's in politics, right. <laughs> you know. Um, the fucking news outlets, the media, bro. It's interesting that we're not supposed to talk about those things, but those are pretty fucking important things, dude, because they shape our lives, whether you like to admit it or not. They do, especially in this country. Well, I think the feeling is is that people have no power, so don't talk about it because it's just going to get you upset and you can't do anything. And you oh, know, we've, we've heard it all before. We've heard it, Sean, you know. Oh, why would I vote or why would I do this? Fuck this. It doesn't, it doesn't pertain to me. Nothing's going to change, you know? Well, you know, and that goes back to that slave mentality, you know, and it, let's say, let's say sure. that the slaves didn't uh, never talked about any of this stuff, right? Would they still For be sure. enslaved today? That's yeah. That's the question. That's the question. But let's, let's dig into this song a little bit. This, uh, this yeah. lynch mob. Um, do you remember why we use the piano? Ah, oh, man. Refresh my memory on that, because we've done 30 beats since, but I do oh, remember... Oh, um, e- Ebony and I Ivory. I wanted some Atlanta stuff. Ebony, very, the, Ebony and is. Ivory. There it is. On my there piano keys. Remember that song? Yes, I do. Who was that? Was that Stevie Wonder? Mm. Ebony and Ivory. Actually, I don't know. <laughs> I, think that, I don't think it was Stevie. Do, do you remember the lyrics for that? Um, side by side, side by side on yep. my keyboard in harmony. Why can't we? Right? They okay, live okay. live together side by side on my keyboard in harmony. So, like in in that song, like he's talking about how the piano keys, white and black, live together in harmony within music, and it was a great metaphor, you know. So that was one reason why I wanted to use uh, the piano in this song is because I wanted to do a little bit of a shout out to to you know. That, that wonderful song. I I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I guess I should have been a little bit prepared for that. But What, the Ebony and Ivory song? That yeah. One? Is it is it Ebony called, and Ivory? It, it is Ebony and Ivory, and I did a quick Google search. Uh, you This is going to blow your mind. There's no way this is right. You know who sang that? It says Paul McCartney. No fucking way, bro. No, 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 no. He might have no he might have done that at one point in time, but he was doing it after. <laughs> yeah, what in the fuck? Why is that the first thing that pops up for yeah, no way that's right. Yeah, that dude's okay, got anyways. some money, you know what I mean? <laughs> so but this this song this song, like really, like the way the, the third verse starts off, it says Sean, was it's it's a, it's actually real quick, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. That is really original. you were right. Really? Yeah, really. Really, that makes the song really cool now. Ebony and okay. Ivory. Okay. Oh, a white dude and a black dude. Look at that shit. Yeah, get it. That's cool. Okay. You know anyway, what? Sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I'm wrong again. Look at this. You know, imperfectly human. <laughs> <laughs> we both both were. I was like, there's no way this is a fucking ex Beatle, dude. You're like, yeah, no, and it is them. And you, but you got Stevie first though, man. Good fucking job. Shit. Yo, I knew I knew it was Stevie. Um, I, there's two songs I really like by him. This one and Superstitious which superstitious fantastic yeah. record but you know the the lyrics on this yeah. one i don't know if you ever caught it like towards the end of the song it goes um was ebony and ivory just a melody about piano keys mixed together mm. mixed together like wet to weather yet never touching thee trust lost comes with cost self-righteous anarchy 
minds enslaved by social frames, divided states of we. You know, and that's kind of the idea is, you know, I think this whole song, Lynch Mob, is Mm -hmm. putting people into mobs, you know. Um, But, you know, just like that song points out is is we really need to find ways to be together, to have some kind of harmony, you know. And when I think of harmony, I think of balance, you know, but it's a different type of balance is where two people harmonize together, you know. So this song, I wanted to have piano. And I think you did a great job with, with making the music on this yeah. one. How do you feel yeah. about it? I love it, man. I remember freaking when we had the short short window. Um, I know you had the flight to Atlanta going on or whatever um, to make it. You were uh, You were like, I remember the pianos. And I remember the metaphor behind it now. And I remember you wanted something that they would potentially fill in the Atlanta studio, something with an Atlanta sound, hence the fucking trap drums and, like, the booming-ass 808, you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually really like how it came out. Seriously. Dude, I love um, I love the piano. Song. Like, it, it gets me every time. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, it's it's such a fucking, it's like, simple sample flip, but it's very catchy. And obviously it's a great record because it sparked maybe the most controversial episode in Truth to Power history or whatever, so... Well, this yeah, this and Voodoo, I, I literally wrote them the same like week. It was right around Christmas time um, when we first started working together. And both songs, like I I wrote like really really fast. Um, this one, I think I woke up literally one morning and wrote it probably in twenty minutes. Just I don't what even did you know. Get just in straight straight flow state mode. Just fucking just channeling uh, energy. Uh, I wrote I wrote it as fast as I could physically write. Let me put it that way. That's crazy, bro. It just fucking bled out like that, bro. Like, yeah. Like, even, I'm, I'm not a freestyle guy, but sometimes I get into a mode and I can just click it out like that. Um, that's crazy. It just flowed like it was damn near a freestyle pen to paper, pretty much. Well, pretty much. And I think I even yeah. sent it to you that day because I was so excited about that. And, and you wanted to do it right away. But it was a long time before we actually got to it. I want to say we didn't mix the music um, it was in September and I wrote that in December. So it was a long, long time that, that we sat on this one <laughs> and I wanted it well, at the you, last minute. You, of you course, said, you said you wrote you know? lynch mob around the time of voodoo, same similar times. Yeah. Yeah. Voodoo was done considerably earlier than lynch mob was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it was. Um, oh, voodoo was done in my first studio session. Yeah. So. Yeah. Way before. Yeah. And, and by the time I got to Atlanta, I was... I was used to recording, um, where voodoo, I was not. Um, yes. however, you know, with, with the way I record is I do one take and that's like usually where Randy is figuring out the effects and then I do right. another take and that's usually the one that he keeps. Um, but with Lynch mob, when I went to Atlanta, I can't tell you how many times he started it because of issues. Um, but it was it was a good feeling to come back and get back to Seattle and, and knock it out in one take because I'm I'm used get up to an that. Undercast where they don't have latency issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got to I've got to feel it, man. Um, I can't be thrown off like that and and put out what I want to put out. Um, yeah, especially in a genre like hip hop when you're recording, um, timing is everything. And if you're hearing a delay on your vocals coming back. It's uh, it's challenging and also will fuck the vibe up for the artist, hundred percent. 
Now, how do you how do you think we actually honored Atlanta with this music? Do you feel like it's something that's going to hold up over time? Do you think it's dated? Do you think what what do you feel about this? You know, what's interesting is it has the Atlanta like like bop to it or whatever. The topic, if I had to, the topic is pretty freaking like it's really conscious. A lot of Atlanta modern hip hop is more clubby, more dancey. This has danceable elements to it, um, but the topic is what's going to hold up here. The beat, the beat might not hold up in ten years or whatever because you know new trends, new technologies come out, blah 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 blah. But what you talked about on here will resonate for I I, I believe a quite a while. What do you think, Sean? You know, I I think it's a I think it's a powerful song as far as the lyrics yeah. go, and yeah. you know, this is one of those things that I really really felt. I had to address because when you think about the the prophet that Khalil Gibran mm-hmm. wrote in 1922, right? Which these three albums is based off of that work. Um, he right. took on all these different topics of marriage and and love and children and and mm-hmm. you know poverty and all these different things, um, mm-hmm. and and he addressed it in 1922 through his prose poetry. Well, how do I not mm-hmm. take on the topic of racism in 2022? Right? This is a mm-hmm. huge thing in our society today. So Absolutely. I was I was obligated to talk about it at some point. Um, and I'm glad that it kind of came out the way that it did without thinking about it too much. And I kind of feel like the music was appropriate for that too. Um, yeah. This has been a very strange song as far as the making of because we got the music and the lyrics out right away and then had so many issues trying to record it, <laughs> you know. And this one forever will be remembered for the uh, legendary Atlanta session that that wasn't to be. <laughs> it wasn't that well, I I would one day like to go back there and um, I'm going to assume that maybe the um the 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 engineer that I had, maybe he was making mistakes. Maybe he's talented. I don't know. He worked with Rick Ross, right? So you would right. think he's got to be talented. There's got to be something going on. I know, I know. When I walked into the studio, there it smelled weeded. <laughs> you know, like, like there was a strong scent of weed in that thing. So I don't know. Maybe people just weren't on it that day. But um, I'm glad we took care of this song the right way. You, you you held it to a standard. You said, you know, this is unacceptable as far as the, the level of, of music that we're putting out. Well, I, I would expect you to do the same for me, though. But I remember you were like, man, dude, like, be honest on this one. Give it a real good listen. I gave it, and I, I, I was like, I'm not trying to run your pockets and have to pay for another studio session, Sean, but this is not up to our standard, did I not? That's pretty much exactly what I said. I remember the text. I was like, hey, man, and it, that's- it seemed off, you know? That's one thing I love about the group of guys that we have um, is we do yeah. hold each other up to a very high standard and we have the yes, ability sir. to call each other out on things. And yes, I sir. actually I actually want you to call me out on more stuff, to be honest with you. Um, I want this music to be as good as the music possibly can. And it's not for me. It is for the people that's listening because I never forget about the audience, Right. For me, you could hurt my feelings all day. I want the product to be solid. They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table and figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient 
workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork, and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club and you ain't in it. What is the distinction between lawful and legal? Perhaps you've never asked this question or considered the difference in terms. As an example of thought, most Americans today would say slavery had been unlawful during those years in which slavery was legal. Those that wrote and enforced the law of the land in America during the years of slavery believed at the time the practice of slavery to be lawful. Had politicians looked the other way concerning the question of lawfulness when it came to slavery? Did the ends justify the means? The practice of slavery historically, placed the United States as an economic power on the world stage. We became perhaps the most powerful force in the world, both economically, but also in terms of military force, as a direct effect of slavery. Would you personally have chosen that path? Consider legal versus lawful in Germany during World War II. Crimes had been considered legal at the time that the government committed them by even much of the society that lived there. But today we see it differently. If you or I lived in Germany during World War II, at what point would we use our voice to bring into question the legal actions of a government as being unlawful? Or would we at all? Can we ask difficult questions? We say on one hand, support our troops. But do we hold accountable a government that does not follow that conviction with action? What is legal and what is lawful should always come into question when it comes to politics and policy. Legal pertains to everything concerned with law. Lawful relates to the substance of the law. Lawful emphasizes ethical content in law and focuses on the spirit of law, whereas legal attaches more importance to the form of law. That is from the Free Legal Dictionary. This has been Truth to Power. I am Curious G. Thank you for listening to the episode on lynch mob next week we're going to be getting into another topic altogether this song is don't get got you get got mid shock whips crack fierce clock taste sweet got a kick and pop kung fu chicken lip type hot broken head line rage breaks wave after wave fake news hollow age chokes us frame amen saying why define it mayhaps i could bite truth just empty lips that struggle to know the words they give
switches on Afraid like we just wanna run Away we fade except for one Big fuck, country fuck Attitude of gun and a chest puffed up Don't know what Biggs wants What he eats, I'm sure he hunts Biggs on, clocked and locked Biggs don't get, got for not Clock them changes, tick to tock That last tick set to drop Hunger come, it's time to feed Miss Liberty says it's safe to eat Go to sleep, but all you free The map's locked down in a dream So shake, wake, it's time to knock Get gut on the block Talk long, path get hot Bed tight, tucked with chalk I came to get some get got Don't get got on the block Talk long, path get hot Bed tight, tucked with chalk I came to get and some get got Oxygen thins, high as we is We're number one Can't give that song sung like a whip Blowing smoke up our ass a bit While we's tiptoeing through some shit Just to cut to the quick You're coming off lips like a dick Side neck talking type of shit We're number one, what's that get? Reality comes slow as mail We wait on her check to fail Her sweet lick tongue never tell Cultivated dreams, consumption sell Like a rock, future dives Dark view, swim my eyes Some gods, gods to get Reality got like Ali hit 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 Don't get got on the block Talk long, path get hot Bed tight, tuck with chalk I can't get some get got Wake braced for the shock Sticky swallow kinda hot Kicks kung fu chicken lip tight pop And swings in